Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, I'm Keith Arthur and welcome aboard The Strange Boat. Joining me today is my old mate and top, and I mean top, carp angler, Ian Russell. I've known Ian a fair while. Um, I've met him lots of times at shows. He's been a guest on my TV show. I think I probably spoke to him a few times on my old TV show, my old radio show. Um, And we first got together to have a proper chat when he had a bait company. He was, he was running a bait company. And I learned so much about him from that bait company, not only from him, but from other people. He said, no mate's my baits, didn't you? Anyway, I'm, I'm delighted that he's taken the, taken the time out to join me today. I'm sure he should be sitting on the bank somewhere, but he's not. He's here. Ian, how are you, mate? Very well, Keith. Thank you very much for the invite, as it happens. I'm not on the bank, I'm at home. I can tell that, yeah, it's, it's a shame. That, uh, would you normally be on the bank on this time um, of an afternoon? No, well, tomorrow I've got a magazine feature, uh, um, oh, a place you may know. It's called Effingham Carp Fishery now in Guildford. It used to be a trout fishery. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't... What was it called as a trout fishery? Because I'm, I'm not sure. Know, it's but... a long skinny lake, about five acres. It's well, it's in Guildford. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm there tomorrow with Total Carp. So I wasn't oh. raised for till about four hours ago, and I whizzed home. <laughs> Jumped in a shower and now I'm sitting here staring at you, which is always very, yeah. very pleasant. Well, the great thing is we can see each other, but nobody else can see us. So and I've done my both... hair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we polished it. You mean? Yes, yeah. I've polished it, sir. No, it's good to catch up with you, mate. Long time, no. Yeah, it is. It is a long, long time. Um, I, I just really a little bit of background. When when did you actually start fishing? Oh wow. My dad started taking us down. This is a, probably a story you hear a lot. I'm sure you're the same, Keith, as a very, very young man. My dad started taking me and my brother and his Morris Minor Traveller down to Shepparton-on-Thames and Sunbury when I was about, I don't know, I'd have been about seven or eight. And, you know, it's bizarre because some moments of memories in life, they're, they're still there, aren't they? For whatever yep. reason it is, Keith, I can remember the first time my dad took me down Ferry Lane at Shepparton. How's that? That's bizarre. Oh, I know that very well, yeah. Mate, I'm 62 now. That's a long, long time yeah. ago, Keith. Yeah. Well, my aunt was the first one who took me fishing, and she took me to um, Hampstead Ponds, and I remember seeing some little perchy heads sticking out from under the bank. Wow. And I hadn't caught anything casting as far as I could with my two pieces of bamboo cane <laughs> and a tiny little – you wouldn't remember because you're too young – the tiny little reels, little brass reels that had a handle on the side, and you had to wind about 500 times to get like in a, a yard of line. Like a cotton reel with yeah. two little handles on. So the worm that I had in a Gale's honey jar that I dug oh. out the garden, I, <laughs> I impaled a bit on the hook and dangled it by hand cool. over the side and caught one of these little perch. So I remember that. And, and well, there you go. I passed away this year at age 90. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, rem- I remember that. Um, as you say, some things just stick. And and did you, you obviously, well, I'm guessing you went through the normal, my sort of angler's formative years, the- oh. Perch, I was, gudgeon, dace, roach. Everything. I, I, you know, as we, 
I was going to say, generalisation, as we did in them days, a lot of people call them the good old days. Well, they were good when they were there, and they are the old days. But I loved fishing for everything, Keith. You know, and I went into early teens, jumped into match fishing. I was, I was pretty blimey good at that, actually. But I'd had a good apprenticeship fishing with my dad. So, yeah, fish mm. for everything. I still do at times. Yeah, and, and well, I know you do because we've spoken about perch, we've spoken about bream, we've spoken about roach over, over the years. So, but what was it? And I know now your your first love is carp fishing, although I know sometimes yeah. you do have a little sneaky bit for something a bit slimier. When, when, when did you decide that carp fishing was for you? When, well, it, it all happened rather, I would say, accidental with the business as well. You know, I, I, I went to. I'd fish for everything. I fished the old Barfro Piscatorial Waters, which you would know of, uh, um, yes. uh, down in uh, Colebrook, the Tench Pit, which was ironically full of carp, not Tench. The big pit there, I used to match fish on at the weekends and jumped on the, the Tench Pit for Tench, or I thought was, and I caught so many seven, eight pound common carp on float fishing gear um, that I sort of branched out. And my next port of call with the lads off the estate was fishing garden peas on a ledger rod at Greenham's Pit of Stains, which they filled in. How many years ago? So far back, I can't believe we remember, Keith. But um, yeah. it's all uh, but being taken carp fishing seriously sort of slipped into it really without realising it. You know, you buy a buzzer and a carp rod and a reel, and you throw that out there with with whatever's on the end, and then you buy two of them, and before you know it, you've put everything else aside, and you're sitting there, you know, on a box behind two bite alarms and two blimmin' ledger rods, like you know. That sort of stuck with you. The next step would have been a brolly, then with sides, then yeah. a bivvy. Well, yeah. I used to go to yeah. Staines Common. Another, all these places I mentioned, I know you're familiar with because you're just, yeah. we're from the same sort of area. Staines Common, I'd have an A-frame tent uh, initially. When that got ruined, we uh, could have went many carp in it. You'd catch more than tents, to be fair. Caught the odd carp. And then we, then I progressed to a 45-inch wave-lock brolly with a wooden pole in two bits and a plastic sheet with stones on it. Uh, and gradually, with uh, tilly lamps. My dad was an engineer at a candle factory, so we got all the tilly lamps we wanted at home with candle wicks in and paraffin. Just I had a lovely youth learning how to fish, learning how to behave on the bank. Uh, and I could mention so many little venues that you would know of uh, that I fish as a, as a very young man. It was amazing. And you were safe. You know, you felt safe, didn't you, them days? You were out on your own. Brilliant times. No, I'm in North London. And I used to ride my bike from sort of Holloway up the Great Cambridge Road um, to Tottenham, uh, to Northumberland Park behind the other team's ground, the ones who play in blue and white. Yeah. Um, or white and blue. Uh, I'd, I'd finish up behind their ground or I'd ride to, to Northumberland, to Tottenham Hale and ride up the towpath aged about 10. Yeah, you know, I don't do it think. Now, mate. Well, I don't think you would because mm. you know the preponderance of traffic is yeah. different. The type of traffic's different. You yeah. know, I could ride faster than horse and carts. So yeah, oh, was, yeah. Uh, so a lot of the commercial vehicles weren't very quick. And, no, not I, in them used, days. and sitting on the canal, and people laugh when I tell them this. You'd you'd hear the clip clop of yeah. the barge coming up the horse barge before you saw the barge cool and it? just duck down and pass the big rope over your head <laughs> as, as the, and you, you hope the horse didn't stop because if you did the rope hit you on the edge yeah I was so you, you know, be very careful yeah, yeah so things like that you know as you say are so different these days but you, you got heavily into carp fishing i did well when i got to about 14 i discovered like most boys do the, the female uh, figurine, should we say? And I, I, yeah. I, you know, girlfriends come into it, gang of little mates on the estate. But when I, I was old enough to have a moped, an FS1 Yamaha FS1 E, um, then I started fishing again. That's when I started doing the Tench Pit, the Big Pit at Bath Road, Osterley Park. You know, again, Stains Common. I just bungled me gear. If I couldn't carry it on the FS1 E, it didn't come with me. And that was the progression, slowly and surely, into really concentrating solely on carp for a good few years. Mm. I, I, when I was younger than that, fishing the tench, but they were too easy to catch. So I, I, I digressed and we all done it, didn't we? We had little flutters with females. Bosh, the 16, when I got the moped, bang, I was into fishing. That was it. I remember what it was all about. The yeah. fishing, that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You'd forgotten what the other thing was. Yeah, I don't worry about it anyway. Yeah. No, 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 no. So where, where were you? Did, did you decide to concentrate on a water or did you, you know, you and you, talking to your mates, oh, have you tried here? Have you tried? Did you bounce about a bit or did you decide, decide Osterley Park's for me. I know there's good tension there as well, but well, the carp were a bit more elusive in there, weren't they? Well, initial, my, my initial um, indulgence in Osterley Park would have been Bear in mind, I'm probably 17 and a half by now, and it's after the pub, and we would... Keith, this is terrible. We should, everyone done it. We sneaked down that big, long road. 
with night floats and fish the ornamental pond. Uh, and, and it's, I suppose it's frying upon it. We would catch hundreds of crucians, put them in a keep net, run down that little bit we used to call Pike Alley in the big lake and pour them in in the morning. So we were actually actively stocking the big lake, which a couple of years later paid off for me because I wanted to fish the big lake then. But we had fun with it. Uh, I was fishing, <laughs> again, I was still on Bath Road, uh, Bedfont Pits, which were there at the time. Yeah. You know, there were so many local um, waters. We could, the River Colne even down at, down at uh, Colnebrook. There were so many little places we messed around on. It was, But my first serious carp fishing, I suppose, arrived when I joined Farlow's back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, we used to get thrown off there as youngsters because uh, there was a sailing club on it. As you, I, I keep saying this, but I know you remember that as well. Yeah. There was a sailing club on Farlow's, and the river used to run into it in the Pads Bay, and we would sneak along there from the River Colne catching minnows and then fish for the tench in the pads. And this old bailiff would come around. Oh, the swear words were, were, you know, the air was blue, and we'd all run off down and, and back across the little bridge to Little Britain. Uh, yeah. But when I joined Farlow's, I was probably about 17, 18. I, said, I, was, I was the daddy. I had two uh, 11 foot Sundridge carp rods, two, uh, two Mitchell, were they about then or was it before? Probably Black Princes or Prince Regents, to be fair. Well, Mitchell, they, Mitchells were about from the 50s, so you would yeah, definitely, but I you, think, you possibly had Mitchells. No, Black I think I was were about cheaper. Yeah, 19 or 20 when I got my Mitchell. I bought the Mitchell Pros, the 300 Pro with the wooden handle and the yeah. little, little copper plate on the back of them. Yes. Uh, yeah. And my, my, after flitting on Farlows and catching a few fish, you'll never guess where I went to, to, to really immerse myself in carp fishing. It was Burfield. What yes. the hell was oh, that about? Yeah. Because, well, I joined Leisure Sport uh, after the Farlows flirtation, and Leisure Sport used to have to be camp, the pamphlet, didn't they? And the, the yes. portfolio of, of, of venues they had was phenomenal. It's not like now. Very, very cheap. And they would do a, a, you know, a ticket across the board, wouldn't they? Most of the venues you could visit. Burfield was yeah, for about twenty five quid, I think you could it get. Was, like, it was the gold ticket eventually came in. That was fifty quid, and you could fish almost anywhere in the world. It was for crazy, that. but also but in them like days, you also had to buy a rod license that went across yes. the boundaries, didn't it? East yes, Anglia, right. uh, Sussex. Yeah, it's not like now. You got a national one. No, it no. was we'd have to cover ourselves with rod license for every every blimmin' water it, it, almost in this, the let's just put pamphlet like you know but Burfield we went on Burfield three of us and I actually managed to catch a, I saw many many years ago a 30 pound fish caught and I was just blown away by it that really cemented me with, with carp I caught a 19 pounder out of there uh, when you? I was a youngster, yeah, uh, and lots of t- tension, bream like you do along the way. With, with, we were then getting rich with tutti fruities. Um and I loved oh, it, yeah. mate. You know, we, we had a great. Do you know somewhere I never caught a carp from, and I still haven't. It's the Thames, though. Really, I've never really tried that. that well, I've no. never really tried at all, to be honest with you. But and it's no. on my doorstep. It's about five mile away from where I live, but I've never done that. Yeah, even as I, a little. We, and we've spoke, we've spoken about it as well, because we I know have. you fish a perch in the Thames, and we've spoken yep. about Thames carp. I mean, I've, 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 you know me, I'm a match angler. Yeah. But I have occasionally. I've got a carp rod. I've got, yep. In fact, I've got two. But I only ever take one at a time. Yep. Um, I've gone down there, and I don't even take a seat when I go down there because yep. I stand and fish. You know, you've got to either have your rod right up here or back yeah. leads right down there. Yeah. Um, and 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 I had about. 15 years ago, I had a little go. Yeah. And um, I didn't catch me. I didn't catch a big one. The biggest one I had was £19.6. Um, but I had a couple of 16s, 17s. I had, I had one or two barbel by accident doing it. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll try and catch a barbel by design. And I had a few of them. My biggest one of those I had was £11, which is a nice fish from the Thames. Yeah. But a good mate of mine lives around the corner is John Gard, who you'll know of if you don't know. I know um, John. Gard, he, he was right. a good customer on at Heathrow. Yes, I'm sure he was. He yeah, was, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, well, he lives um, like two roads away from me. Right, yeah. Um, and we, we got talking, and, of course, he had his he, he had his um, chapter in Terry Detention's first book. Yep. So, you know, he, he's got – he still phones me now, and he, he he's more into um, butterflies, birds, and, and that kind of stuff now. Yeah. But he still goes fishing from time to time. He's had a little bit, but he, he sent me a picture – he sent me a picture of th- – or three pictures of fish he'd caught – he was a Kingston taxi driver at the time. Yeah. Of three fish he'd caught one morning between 7 and 9.30 a.m. Yeah. Not been at night. Yeah. Sitting on the roadside on the little bit, little bit they call Lower Ham Road, which goes along between sort of the main road going into Kingston yeah. and the back of Kingston. Yeah. And he had um, a 
12, a 23-something, and an 18-something, float fishing bread under his rod tip (laughs) in the morning. He also had two bream. And, and, you know, he's got these pictures. You can see he's sitting on the road. Yeah. And he's got a brick wall behind him. Wow. And just just fantastic fishing. And, and, yeah, so he he got me... um, he got me thinking about those. He, he also got me thinking about big roach later and, and the yeah. last sort of concerted, because he's, he's had 99 perch over three pound from the tidal Thames. Yeah. Um, the last time, the last thing he's been on is, is big roach. And he's, he's had him over two pound. I think either two, three or two sevens is best. Well, but he, he now so. doesn't do that quite so much. Yeah. yeah. And that was when, that was when the, the aforementioned Terry Hearn, Terry the Tench had his yeah. boat down here. Yeah. And every so often he'd come down with a wheelbarrow full of sauce boilies yeah. and tip them off the back of the, of, yeah. of the Lady Pearl. He so did. every fish in the river was eating sauce boilies, yeah. including the big roach. And if you fished a sauce boilie, you had a pretty good chance of catch. I mean, sometimes you get plagued with barbel. You had five barbel one night and only two roach, or one evening <laughs> and only two roach. But That's a yeah, that ship, was, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's still a few people go down there now fishing for the roach. And, and I did see a picture um, that John sent me of a, a genuine, genuine three-pound wow. tidal Thames roach, three, four, or three, That's two. a big fish. So, yeah, there's still a bit. So, yeah, they're in the Thames, mate. I don't yeah. think they're quite as easy to catch as they used to be yeah. because now everybody's fishing for them. Yeah, yeah. But there are some crackers about. But you mentioned Burfield. I think it would be a good idea for those people that don't know it just to paint a sort of word picture. Wow. Of Burfield because it's not a square gravel pit. Oh, but mate, we, we never ventured too far around it. As you, you know, we had by now. I'd have a, I'd have a Ford Escort by now, and you could park it in the car park. And it, we would walk until we was like, like this is far enough, you know. But we didn't have wheelbarrows, didn't have car porters. You'd carry what you wanted a night fish with. You carry on your back uh, a bed chair under, you know, an old garden centre bed chair, a rucksack, and a rod holder, and. A, and invariably the guy I was fishing with Bob Coleman would have a keep net as well because he'd be catching the tension the bream but I mean, so it is a massive massive venue I was lucky enough a couple of years later when I was still having a little pop on there to watch there was a fish in there called Cuttow it was the biggest mirror in there at the time the common that's in there now was very small at that time I'm guessing and I saw this lad catch this fish at 36 pounds and, <sighs> and it was just sort of what the you know this is just ridiculous absolutely it looked like tuna but uh, we didn't last. I didn't last on there. I like to catch fish, and it was always going to be a tough cookie for, for a youngster. Um, so I, I just flitted around with my first car. You know, Jones's Pit and Leighton. But we went to all of the leisure sport ones within about sixty to seventy mile of where we lived. And we, you know, we caught more tench than Nudiger. Nudiger was great because we catch Nudiger, yeah. twenty ten pounders in a night, and it was like wow, the bobbins are bouncing. Uh, and that for me, that was carp fishing, just catching fish that pulled back. You know, yeah. it, it was only later in life, as I'm sure we'll talk about, hopefully, when the bigger fish come into it. You, you're just happy yeah. to catch. We, When I fished Greenham's Pit at Staines as a youngster, fishing the garden peas, you would hook fish that were enormous, but they were probably about 12 pounds. Because I didn't really know how to backwind, I'd have a, a fairy liquid top on a rod rest, and all of a sudden the fairy liquid top would hit the, ro- hit the, hit the rod, and your Arsley bomb and everything has gone. Your line would just go, you know, we were on Bayer, I think, at the time, about five-pound line. Uh, and, again, it was only as you progressed in life uh, and education of fishing that you, you knew how to deal with fish like that. But we know, we, we caught them out. They're up to about five pounds, but the, the massive ones, the 12-pounders, we never yeah. got them in, mate. Brilliant, though. You never got Great the nine Never got the nine-pound silk cast until a bit later. No, and the, and the seven-pound Dacron. Which yeah, we, oh, which, blimey, that which was we grew stuff, into. That was Berry Hill times. That was from the boat. Yeah, but yeah I mean, car fishing is a wonderful thing, and it's it's progressed. People, like I said earlier, people do say the good old days, Keith, but they've never had it better. We've never had it better than now. You don't have to make anything. You get you you can buy a rig, buy you know, go on YouTube, see where it cost, and every lake's yeah. for thirty pounders, isn't it? So it's never been better than it is now, and it's getting better every day. Well, I, I don't know if you've used it yet, but there is an app. Nothing to do with fishing. No. There's an app, well, nothing to do with fishing. The app isn't supposed to be, called What Three Words. Right, no. And do you know about this What Three no. Words? No, Right. So this What Three Words have divided the world, the whole world, yep. into three-metre squares. Oh, oh, I have heard of this, but I haven't got and it And every yet. one of these three-metre squares is described by three words. Right. So you could tell someone the swim that you were fishing – Right. By these what three words. And you could even, if you, you took the trouble to, although it's not printed on top of it, you could tell them, right, you cast out to Fred 
Jones bogey or yeah. whatever the three yeah, words is yeah. to just put the cast to in the lake. I mean, that, that's a bit far-fetched, but the actual swims, like if I'm fishing and somebody wants to, oh, where are you? I'll oh, just go to Turtle Crawl's microphone. Yeah, and, yeah. And they've just followed them up until it gets to the exact spot on the river where I am. It's an amazing thing. So with things like what three words, nothing, nothing ever need be secret or sacred again. Yeah, well, it isn't now, is it? You know, when I was, no. again, growing up, you'd, I'd see carp anglers that would get, get back in there canvas bivvies rather than speak to you as a youngster oh. i've never been that way now you know i do all right my fishing keith and i never shun anyone I, I get asked all the time on instagram what swim what tree what wraps is the, is the thing and it you know and, and I, I never hold back mate it's just fishing no. if you've still got yeah. to go and catch them haven't you yeah absolutely that and that's that's the trick and and again we'll go back to, to terry attention and burfield i remember i spoke he, he was on the show once we were talking to him about burfield and he, he just caught you you mentioned the common is the burfield common still extant is it still there yeah yeah is it really? 60 pounds wow. on doesn't it now quite God, regular well I say regular it doesn't come every often does it but yeah it's 60, no, i think it's 60 pounds nearly all the time now Wow. And, and it's not an easy fish to catch, and none of the fish in Burfield are particularly no. easy. But Terry told me I think he got it on his ninety-third bite. Yeah, I'm not. There were a lot of the blue pool fish got in there a few years ago. Yeah. Now I'm not up to date on Burfield as much because I've got no interest in it. But I know there's quite a lot in there now. But it's still a big lake. You still yeah. a lot of water. We're no fishing it. You know, hats yeah. off to whoever goes there. And for someone like Terry, who was always going to be consistent, you, you've got to work. You know, it's no slouch, yeah. is it, mate? No, no. Then he went to, to, to go and catch Babyface from Norfolk and, and caught it before he'd got his sticks in. He did. He told me the, the story and it was like a 20-minute trip or something. But then it's like, you know, then he'll go on another walk and he'll be there for two years. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Sometimes it falls in your lap and some, most of the time it doesn't. Most of, most of the time it doesn't, as you say, yeah. So, so you got into your fishing, you're into your carp fishing, and then you, you mentioned Richworth and, and, and Tootie Fruity and boiled baits came along. That would yeah. have been about, I suppose Richworth came along about the mid-early 80s yeah. when they started putting a freezer in all the stockists that wanted to stock their gear and they supplied frozen boilers. Yeah. And that was all. There was nothing else and until they eventually bought the shelf life out. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, they... they constructed during that time a massive great bandwagon that lots and lots and lots of people get on got on and are still getting on i mean i've just been talking i've been i had a couple of hours fishing today over at the charity ponds and one of the lads over there fishes for the carp and there's not many and not very big it's like they're only tiny lakes i mean 20 couple of 20 pounders in there and he was telling me he's off to twinersh which you also know um, this weekend and um he was he was just giving me an example of, of, or just in conversation, telling me the baits he'd used, the baits he'd ordered, the, yeah. the different pop-ups and, and hook baits that he's got in a little shelf in his in his room. And like he's, he's dealing with about seven or eight different bait manufacturers. He's been carp fishing a year, yep. two years. 99% you know, of the people I do tutorials with or charity events, yeah, they will have a bag bigger than their rucksack, full of different pots and squeezy yeah. bottles uh, and bags of boilies. It's incredible, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. The market out there, the value of it is, is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's huge. And and I, I remember um, I was talking to, um, I think it was Lee Jackson, who said that you made his pop-ups, and it was you making his pop-ups that sort of got you – Heathrow well, Bait Services and beyond. Was that not, right? No, not quite. I, I tell you what, I started in my kitchen, which, which, as you know, progressed to two industrial units where you come to visit yeah. us and film one time. Um, I started, but I was buying, it was called Pie for Lee Jackson's pop-up mix. That yeah. then became, so I wasn't making Lee's pop-ups, so I was making my own with his mix. A kilo, oh, uh, right. I think it was even pound bags or whatever it was in them days. And they, then, he, then he, the idea... That got swapped across to Solar, which was exactly the same recipe. And I was yeah. buying so many bloody bags of it that I then, you know, if we, I'm going to jump forward quite a bit now because I went from uh, my kitchen to a garden, quite a big garden, she had a garage, to an industrial unit and then two. But by the time we got into the industrial, industrial unit, I'd already I'd formulated my own. I spent a whole winter with my, at that time, business partner, Paul, and we, we spent all winter getting it right meticulously. And you know through the history of carp fishing, it ended up being one of the best pop-up mixes yes. on the bloody market, mate, because it didn't, it didn't um, contain any plastics, any of these little spheres they use now. It was all milks. 
and it was pan heated and they looked amazing, Keith, didn't they? So yes, I was. I initially started with Lee Jackson's pop up mix, solar. I tried a bit of Nutribates and thought, no, nah, it's too expensive, mate. So we made our own. We made mm. our own. And you made a good job of it as well. I mean, as you say, we came and visited, we did some filming. Yeah. And, and, and um, you showed us most of, of how it's done and not that anyone would, in their right mind would ever want to get into it themselves. No. Unless they, you know, unless they had a, a lot of patience and a few quid to invest because it is a massive thing. Yeah. Now it is. It's, it's like pick a mix now. And it, it, it's a very confused. You know, I pop into Angling Direct. Hairfield Tackle is my local shop. So I, yes. I either pop into there or Angling Direct to see Martin, the manager, is a friend of mine. And you just look down the aisle of baits and it is, it's like bigger than Woolworths pick a mix was ever going to be. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. So it's not surprising people get lost in in this massive bag of, of you know, if, if you know, I've, I've had... I've been out, I've got people with me, they've still got the old Richard ones, they've got mainline ones, they've got sticky ones, they've got Nutribate ones, they've, they've got CC Moore, they've got Dynamite, who I work for. It's incredible, mate. It's like, mate, mm. put most of them in PVA. When you cast out, attach the bag to your rig, so it holds your rig up, then that'll melt, it will sink down, present your rig better, and the seagulls will eat the bait. Um, you don't need all them. You need a, 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 a tub of multicoloured, a fish meal one, and maybe a, a, a tiger nutty pop up, and you, you've covered all. You've covered it all, like you know, but yeah, the, just the plastic pot market alone must be phenomenal. Honest, oh, it's huge, it's but, huge. But, but we were one of the first. There was me and Solar, and I, and, I, and I know someone will try and say we weren't, but we definitely one hundred percent were. My Heathrow and Solar were the very first people to put pop ups in tubs. Uh, yes. Main on at the time we're doing the Zen and Bodgeco little bags, little little pamphlet bags, uh, and everybody else was doing little bags of them. Myself and, and Solar were the first to go into tubs with pop-ups means nothing now but it did at the time it was we were quite forward yeah. on that yeah it's it's like, almost like marmite and it like one tub is a lifetime supply yep because yep. You, you don't use a lot do you well you don't do you unless I, you're catching fish well yeah I, I mean i remember when terry came into the tight line studio once and he bought a rod with him yep to, to, to show the rig the whole terminal setup and he, he said rather than take it on a bit of line he had it on a rod yeah i said oh you even put a bait on he said oh no i've been fishing with that for a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> there you go mate why waste it you know pretty good bait exactly, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, and i remember you you gave me some day trippers that was them I day did. trippers with us i found some the other day I get people send me pictures of them on Instagram and it, uh, and my old pop-up tubs, and it's really nice because it jogs a memory, Keith. It, you know, I haven't uh, got with you in my van. Day well, Trippers Indian Spice. Yep. We've done a whole was range it? of them in tiny little yeah. tubs. You know, we fell on yep. them by accident. There was a there was a, a company through a friend of a friend, through Simon Atomic at the time. Um, his friend had a little bait company called X. Extreme baits, extreme baits. Uh, yeah. I don't know where they were, up in Essex somewhere. I know they were shutting down. So I drove up there with a van and paid him a certain amount of cash for these two machines, a 15 and a 10 rolling machines. Uh, the 15 wouldn't work at all, so I took it back and got a bleeding refund. And the 10 mil one, well, they never—they were early ones. They never rolled it round. It, they started coming out in the shape of like little sweet corn kernels, which That's we right. then said, well, look, we've got this now. We're not going to get our money back on this one. We've mastered how to make these little things. What do we do with them? And that, that's, that was, uh, there was me and Paul, one of my son, my oldest son, Sammy, in there. And we come up with that, the day tripper evolution. We sold thousands and thousands of tubs of them, Keith. Thousands I'm of them, surprised. mate. And, and I say I've still got some. That isn't because I didn't use them. No. Because I did use them. Because the first thing I did, I was fishing quite a lot of Gold Valley at the time, match fishing. Yeah. And I went, and, and you know, John only likes people to use things that he trusts and believes in. Yeah. He doesn't like Mickey Mouse baits. He doesn't like Mickey Mouse methods. Yep. He doesn't like things that are going to jeopardize the, the health, safety, or well-being of his fish. Yep. Or anything like that. So I took them into the office. I think I threw. There was this, the Indian spice. Was there a strawberry one as well? Yeah, we done a strawberry. We done a pineapple super stench yeah. cranberry super stench. That was yeah. the other one. Super stench. That, that was the three eyed. So I took them into into the, um, the the office, and I said, "Can I use these, John?" He said, "Let's have a look." He said, "Gee, you can use them. What's the matter?" And I said, "Nothing." I said, "But I like you know to clear everything." Yeah, mate, I, I, I can't say I cleaned up. Because you had to draw a good section, yeah, and a good peg in a good section to win the match. Yeah, but I was winning almost every section, almost every week, and and I'm I don't like ledgering much. I'm not, you know, I like 
float fishing. I like watching yeah. the float go under. I like being precisely where I cast and see yeah. where it is and get little – I can read signs on a float easier than I can on a rod tip. But I was just fishing either a bomb and, and, and a, or a little feeder and these ordinary cage feeder – like that, I've got one on, on my desk in front of me. There you go. A little cage feeder. And the rod was getting dragged off the rest. Yeah. And I, I, I'm obviously they were good, but I think it's because they'd never seen anything like them before. Yeah. And, well, and they were, they just and they were hookable. This is why a lot yes. of, you know, we sold oh, thousands know, Harry, of tubs. Of no, yeah. they, we sold thousands of tubs because they were angler friendly in that respect. You know, they, a lot of match anglers bought them. A lot of, most of them were bought actually by probably pleasure anglers like you know through yes. the shops because as you say you didn't need to be fancy and have three on a hair rig you just nicked them on the hook lobbed them out and got up but tootie fruity was the best selling one yeah that oh, was I'm the sure, best selling yeah. one it yeah. smells nice to us we either want baits that smell really lovely like pineapple yeah. tootie fruity or ones that smell really really horrible i like remember stench. bringing a tub of super stench into the studio when God. we were doing live uh, yeah. <laughs> and opened them up on that lovely table we had you and I had in front of us it, and the smell it, I mean you did say at the time if this was smelly vision you'd, you'd realise what we were talking about uh, yeah. great memories mate great memories yeah. but embuteric acid and stuff like that that's I mean, what just... was in it that was tuna yeah. and embuteric acid in the super stench yeah. I, I, well I've got some super stench coming out with dynamite baits so pop ups uh, wafters and a spray so I've managed to source on behalf of Dynamite. But I've got a range of baits coming out with them, which I'll leave to them to um, to advertise. But one of them, I'll get you some. Could it be your favourite yeah. super stench? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that was good. But it's, and, you, and you mentioned Dynamite baits. Look where they've gone. I mean, I remember when they started, but what was the, they were, I can't remember, British Breadcrumb Company. Was they it? were, British yeah, BPP, BBPC. That's Bre it, British Breadcrumb Production or something like that company. Yeah, yeah I used to buy breadcrumb off them. That's right. Yeah. The and, then, and then Roy Marlowe went to work for him as a consultant and um, they did some ground bait for Daiwa. Yep. It was an absolute disaster oh, right, because okay. the, oils in, the oils in the bait melted the printing on the bags. Wow. And when you opened the bag, all the bags were stuck together. And as you picked one up, all the printing off the bag underneath came out to the bag on top. <laughs> so, and, and you know what it's like, mate. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and people would not buy it. And included in that range was frenzied hemp. Wow. The frenzied hemp ground bait. Yeah. Now, you imagine we, we couldn't give it away. Yeah. Because it wow. was in these sticky bags, but that's—I mean, this—that must—that would be 1991, 92, maybe. Wow. And friends, it's still a massive seller. Yeah, massive. is it ever? And that's where it started. We Roy designing it for a diver bait, diver grandmates. I've still got—I um, found a picture. In fact, I've got a picture up there somewhere of me in an apron made from the diver rod bag cloth. Remember the blue with the white yeah. diamond on it. Me yeah. and Roy had aprons made with that, and we were standing demonstrating at one of the National Angling Exhibitions. Wow. And, and you drop it in, and there'd be like a, a little haze come above it, and, and I christened that the aura of attraction. Yeah, mate. Well, it's the oil coming out of it, isn't it? Exactly, it yeah. But yeah, that, cool. brilliant. But, not, but where have Dynamite gone from there? I mean, now they, they were they Phenomenal. Went from there to sort of match gear yeah. that was you know good on commercials and a bit iffy on, on natural waters. But now... I mean, they're. I should imagine they've overtaken census and 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 the others on doing natural water ground baits as well yep. as yep. commercial stuff, and added to that the carp thing. And yep. it, it was probably Terry that got some credi credibility to that. When, it was when Terry. Terry. There. I mean, it was Kevin Green that got Kevin on uh, Terry on board and Frank Warwick. So once they brought Terry and Frank on board, bosh, that was it, wasn't it? Credibility. You know, the, yeah. The, there's your carp fishing. But when, when I yeah. went up for my interview with them, uh, four years I've been with them now, Keeve, when I went up for my yeah. interview, I also had a tour of, of the – because you've got this perception in your mind of what it is, having had a small bait company and having visited, you know, Richworth years ago. I've got this perception in my mind of what I'm going to walk into. It blew me away. It is enormous. Everything they do is created on site. It's just amazing, yeah. mate. It truly is. And the setup is, is phenomenal. If ever you if ever you get an invite to have a walk around that factory, you believe me, well do it, mate. It's, it, it'll open your eyes. Tr tremendous. Yeah. Because I'm so old, I've got so many blooming anecdotes, mm. and I remember when um, Richworth introduced shelf life boilies. Yep. And I was working in a tackle shop. In I might have just left. It might have been about night. 
it was the late 1980s. It might have been as late as 1990 when I'd already left the tackle shop. But I, I think I was working, it was, this was Acton Angling Centre, and I think I was working in the Hammersmith branch. Yeah. We, but I, I went there and, and they did all right and opened a couple more branches. But my boss used to love going into the shop. He wasn't, he's, he was not, he's a great retailer, but yep. he's, he doesn't suffer falls. And to be a, to, to, to make a lot of money, you've got to be able to deal with everybody and not just tell people to go away. Yeah, um, politely. Yeah. Like very much. yeah. <laughs> so, um, dear Clive has gone in there. Clive Dietrich's gone in there right. with, with this bag of baits and, or a little tub of baits and they're all mixed colors and mixed sizes and everything and he said to jimmy right good news you ain't going to need your freezer for much longer if you don't want it he said why is that well we've developed these shelf life baits i don't want anything with preservatives in i'm not having any of that crap coming in my being fed the fish and blah blah he said no they're fine cost a lot they're lovely i eat them like sweet so he's chewing away on this thing so jimmy went well let's have a look went Oh, oh, he said, that's horrible. So, <laughs> you've got to know what you're picking up, mate. He said, I've had tutti fruit. You've had caster juice. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it is a mindset, isn't it? Going from freezing. Yeah. You know, when I had Heathrow, again, I, I, when I had Heathrow, I would not touch a, a, a shelf life bait. Uh, and, and I'm sure I missed out on probably a, a 90% sales because when I went to Richworth for three months, I worked with Bobby, and 90% of their sales were for shelf life. And I'm thinking, yeah. God, all the money I could have made, eh? we done all right, as you know, Keith. But um, I only only dealt in uh, obviously the pop ups, which should preserve, but I would not deal rather stupidly in shelf life baits. But when, like, yeah. when I went to Richworth, Richworth at the time, and it was all shut down now, wasn't it? but he won't mind my saying anyway, but Richworth at the time, they rolled all their freezer about in January. The other 11 months, they rolled shelf life. Oh. That was a moment for me in the office thinking, oh, my God, what did I miss out on sales-wise, you know? So, um, yeah. But, yeah, they're safe now, mate. They catch a lot of fish. They get eaten. The lake eats them, doesn't yeah. it, now? It's not like the yeah. early days. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the old days, you'd be sitting there and, you, and all these baits would be popping up around yep. you and being blown into the bank where the shelf life. They hadn't, yep. they hadn't broken down. Nope. They decomposed on the inside yep. and popped up. Yep. Well, the, uh, the, yes. the Dynamite ones, I, mean, I can't speak for any other brand, but I will speak for the Dynamite ones. They're very soft baits, which is really nice. You know, you can squish yeah. them. And, and that's, that's all part of, I think, the major attraction of them as well, mate. Like, well, the, you know, the sales alone speaks volumes for, for Dynamite because they've grown mm. significantly, just monstrously big, haven't they? Yeah, and, and we've not had loads of fish coming around like those in, in, in The Simpsons with three eyes and two tails. No, no thankfully. And, uh, Fish, fish seem to be growing quite well, don't they? Compared well, to yeah. you mentioned the Burfield Common, I think when Terry caught it was forty three pound or forty nine pound or 49, something. Forty nine, I think That's, it was. Yeah, something like forty seven, whatever. That, that would that would have been twenty years ago, I guess. And, I would and it say was on then, 15, 20 years ago, it yeah. was getting on. Yeah, it was a, probably fifteen years ago, mate. Something like that, anyway. A long yeah. time ago. But you look at the, What's you know, you, if, where I fish at uh, Raysbury, if you look at Raysbury North Lake, they went in probably, how long Raphael had it now? Eight years. So he put them in there probably seven years ago at, at mid-doubles. There's so many 30-pound fish in there now. It's ridiculous in that one lake. 25 yeah. to 30, 40-pound fish, 250-pound fish all the time. And that's just the North Lake, you know. that That's without Halton Church Lake. Anywhere, you know, take Linear, Braze Nose One, for instance, you couldn't yep. count the 30s and 40s. It's ridiculous. This is I bait. I remember that first being stopped. It's bait. Yeah, well, I was there when they yeah. stopped it. Bait B1 yeah. with Ronnie Bus, Len Gerd, bless yeah. his heart, was filming it yeah, with a yeah. massive camera on his shoulder. And yeah. they were little tiny dinner plates that went in. Now, yeah. the, I mean, it's got. I think it's got 250s now, B1. But it, I, I don't know how many 40s. But let's say 40, 40s. It's ridiculous. This is bait. This is pellet and boiling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's mm. no question about it. And when people talk about climate change, they can talk about that all they like. Yep. Uh, because the fish that have got the biggest in the shortest time have been the fish that have been introduced to and enjoy eating boilies. Yep. Yep. I mean, roach do all right eating carp poo, but they're not great boilie or pellet eaters. They do eat it a bit, and we've not seen much change in the roach record. The dace record now is smaller than it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, the tench record was eight pound eight ounces. Yep. That, that's the, the record. I'm eight. eight was it sixteen pound only? Fifteen, sixteen. I think it pound? might be a bit bigger than that. But but you tench, you know you're like twenty four, twenty five. I see like I see tench in Raysbury. They, they look like mini carp. You know, it's like, yeah. and it's only when they turn on you, you can see that paddle on the back of the body. You know, the dorsal is, is rounded. 
properly that you think that's a bloody tench like you know these are huge yeah. i mean when i when i concentrated on the on the boat pool at arcade leisure the other year i had a bream out 18 pound 12 ounces what is that all about you know and again it's on carp gear granted but it's like that's enormous yeah. isn't it that's it's just, just yeah, enormous it's, it's hard you know, I've I've not caught a bream much. I think eight two or so. Eight. I've had an eight one down the road on the river here, which, yeah. is, which is quite nice fish for a river. And and you know, for for someone who was a match angler, and if you got a four pounder, I, I've got little hands, and I had to pick it up the other way from the yeah. bottom into its pelt into its pectorals, yeah. rather than from the top into its pectoral sockets. And if, if I had to do that, it was four pound. Yeah, I go what a four pounder. Yeah. Got well, an eight and, pounder and, in a match. It's a big blooming fish, isn't it? Oh, huge! Mm. It's absolutely huge. And and as you say, they're great. There's big ones in the river now, but they're they, they're nothing like they are in 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 some of the some of the lakes where where they exist. There's and they're eating the boilie and pellet, aren't they? They're eating boilies and, and pellets. Right. Kingsmead's it full is. of the blooming things. Kingsmead, they can be yes. a nuisance, and the average size well, is probably ten. <laughs> I remember you telling me when when I, I mentioned you once I'd never caught a double figure bream. Oh, come kids with you, mate. You'll get one first. Yeah, time. you'll have a mate. Get over there with your swim feeder and you'll have a mate. So, but the, he's full of. I'm surprised on the now. I know the arcade tickets aren't cheap, but the value of the the, the fishing is phenomenal. I'm surprised yeah. more people don't join for the bream for the tench. You know, you get your cat anglers on the boaty, and the, the, so ninety five percent of your membership are carp anglers. Clearly, carp anglers, yeah. but the, the the shoals of bream. Uh, it's just ridiculous in K1. Like all coarse fish, mate, they thrive on neglect. Yeah. St. John's they big roach, if... massive roach in St. John's. Oh. Uh, i tell you what, mate, there'll be huge roach in Raysbury, there'll be huge roach in Kingsmead, there'll be huge yep. roach in Yately. The first bite I ever had on Yately was when they had the closed season experiment. I think it was 1971. It might have been 1970. And I bought a ticket that was 30 bob, £1.50 for the closed uh, season, the whole wow. closed season, only one side of the road. Yeah. So yeah. the experiment was they they checked out the fish on the on the match lake side. Yep. And they checked out the fish on the car park lake side where you could fish yeah. and compared them. They compared spawning and growth over a couple of years. Yeah. And it was all part conducted by Liverpool University, I think. And it was 30 bob for the city. And I lived in Sandhurst. Yeah. So if you if you come out of the car park lake, turn left, up to the end of the road, Sandhurst, turn right. I lived about 300 yards down the road. Yeah, walking so distance, it was. Mate. We, exactly, well, me old, me full Cortina got me there. Oh. And, and I fished a waggler. And yep. I caught some lovely crucians, some yep. tench, all by fishing just where you can't see the bottom yep. in the edge. Yep. But I went, the, the first fish I had, I'd been there, it was the 13th time I'd visited. Because I used to go after work or a yeah. couple of hours in the morning, sat on a Sunday, Saturday morning, if because it was close season, no match fishing. Yeah. But I'd go first thing and go and watch a football, have some breakfast, that kind of business. And um, the first fish I caught, you couldn't weigh it because you couldn't keep it in keeping it, was a roach 14 and a half inches long. Wow. First fish out on casters. You go into the car park, it's like a bay. I fished across the bay to a tree stump on the far bank on yeah. the waggler. Float on. I had a bite. Oh, 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 what? This is a tench. And it came it's a great big, massive roach. And I had some wow. lovely big crucians out there as well. Out wow. of that lake, yeah. I had so, um, that, a PB roach the other week from the River Test whilst fishing, oh, whilst fishing for them, which is rare for lovely. me. And I was filming lovely. with a company called Go Catch now. You know what? They do an app and yeah. you, you book on fisheries. And we, we went down yeah. to the River Test just, just to make a little film regarding the venue to pr promote it. And, and I had a cut of brown trout, quite a lot of grayling, and I put a big lump of bread flake through the first chuck on this new swim and hooked this thing. And it was, oh, it's going to be another trout on it. Until I saw it, and then it was pandemonium. Give me the, you know, and it was, well, I think I'm sure it was 112, I think. But I mean, I've caught wow. bigger roaches than that whilst carp fishing, but that is my PB yeah. roach. What a fish, nice. mate. And the, the river yeah. guide, Ollie, um, he said, mate, he said, I know damn well, I know, that, you know, these fish, that in the winter would have been, pre spawning, that had been a two lot, you know. That's phenomenal yeah. fish, isn't it, for, for roach, yeah. mate, because they are, people miss out on them because they're not 20 pounders, yeah. but they're, they're massive, massive fish, mate. I'd have, I'd have weighed by Neil Freeman, who was who. This was at Broadlands on the test, and uh, he weighed it for me at one fifteen eight. I had one a couple of years wow. ago, which was, and I didn't an eleven ounce twelve gram dace on the Ooh, same day as well. Massive. But, yeah, but there was a this was a, an, an invitation day, and um, there was an M John Crudders MP had his two two of his children. He's got two both children with him, and they fish right outside. The, the sort of bothy thing, the, the, the fisherman's hut. Yeah. And that 13 and a quarter ounce dace that I weighed for. Wow, that's a giant. That's a giant. Yeah. And, and the, the following year, the chap who's the 
a director of Natural England, he was fishing opposite the swim where I'd had the 115, and I weighed and photographed that fish for him, and that was 218. So, wow. yeah, there's some big, big ones fish, in that They're phenomenal yeah. fish, aren't they? And rare fish, oh, mate, them. rare fish. And you look at Lynch Hill a few years ago, yeah. Homersfield. Now, Homersfield's always produced big roach. I remember yeah. when the Metropolitan Police used to fish it just after Norman Simmons took it over because yeah. they, they fished on his property at uh, Fisher's Green. Yeah. And when he went to Homersfield, they sort of went with him. They had a couple of, of club days there. And that was producing big roach. Back, it would be back in the 80s, I guess. Wow. I can't remember. It's hard. The time concertina is when you've got enough of it behind you. Yeah. And And – and, and I think it, it, it may have been the seventies, and yeah. I know that the 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 old Bill were having like big roach over yeah. there. But now, I mean, that's the record is going to go, and it's going to go fairly soon. And it'll if if it's not from Homer's Field, it'll be a surprise. But it'll be from a carp. Be from a carp venue, yeah. Same as the Bream, same as Tench, be same from- as Chubb. Well, yeah. What's that all about? Yeah, we know well, because it's boilies and pellet, isn't it? I remember when we yeah. were doing some of these, I saw an eight and a half pound chub, which for then, I'm talking 90, oh. when was we on there? 1996, Euro 96 was on. An eight and a half pound chub caught on a boilie. And I, yeah. like, in the dark, in the talk, it was like a grass carp, but it's not as a chub. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. Still, I had yeah. him myself to 612, uh, some of these on boilies. You know, up goes the bobbin, wallop, beep, chub. Crazy, mate. <laughs> Isn't it? But they eat. They eat what they eat, don't they? Yeah. You know, they eat what yeah, they eat, mate. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they like it. They, yep. they like. They like boys. It's good for them. How has how has the construction of them changed? I mean, if I go back to the early nineteen eighties, late seventies, nineteen eighties, I was running a tackle shop in um, Lewisham. Yep. Which wasn't far from the epicenter of carp at the time, which would have been Brooklyn, Alton, Kirby, Darrenth, yeah. Sutton, those areas. Yeah. And um. Jerry Casey, who was a manager of the shop before me, got a source for carp bait ingredients. Yeah. So we had things like sodium cassinate, yeah. we had the amino acids, we had hordes of flavours yeah. that nobody else stocked. And we used to get weird and wonderful people coming in and, and buying those. Yeah. And they were mostly, you know, th- th- some of them were, were basic, at the base of the boilies. They were all HMV boilies. Yeah. Um, how much has it changed since then? Well, it changed I mean, our ingredients. It? You know, ingredients uh, cost uh, cost a bomb. Black pepper oil was the most expensive. I remember. Well, if you look at you've, you, forget the HNV at the moment. You've got probably three different types of boil. You've got a, a fish meal, a nut based one, and a bird food based one. That's your bulk, isn't it? So that yeah. I, I mean, if you ever make another boil again, you're crazy. The amount of bait companies out there, as we've already discussed about quality. That, that sell good bait now because the bait world has upped its game phenomenal amounts in it and you've had to to sell your bait so uh, i mean ingredients have obviously improved uh the way people prepare ingredients you know the dutch stuff that comes over the fish meals the pre-digested it, it's all prepared more modern now isn't it so it's cleaner it's obviously got more energy into it, it it's just a it's a it's a it's a it's a black hole you could dive into and not come out of if you know i i used to lean a lot on jeff bowers you know for, for, oh, yeah. i mean he was so knowledgeable he, well he still is not that he was still is like you know and in the end i was messing around going to marriages trying to buy sacks of this and lt94 and, and whatever powders and then i went into jeff on airfield and he said we got you gotta be mad mate i'll mix all that for you because it was squeaky voice <laughs> and you know yeah. it went from me making 100 key of, of base mix a month to, I, in the end, well, I mean, in Ethro days, I was buying a quarter of a ton a week off him, you know, and, and on top of that, I was getting little Johnny Meacham to roll me, probably three, 400 kilo of boilies because we couldn't keep up in the, in the with the machinery we had. So, it, yeah, it's changed, but for the better. And the quality of water substantiates that, doesn't it? And the size of the fish stock we spoke about. If it was rubbish bait, it, the, the, these fish growths wouldn't be nothing like they are now. No. No, absolutely no. And although you know we can grow, we can grow big and tubby and not very healthy eating donuts and stuff yeah. like that. These fish are very, very healthy. They I mean, are, you mate. don't get many carp these days that don't try and pull you in. I was going to say a twenty-pound carp now is like a good tuna, isn't it? On some waters. Well, we were very, very kindly donated some fish for our little charity ponds um, last about eighteen months ago by Viv Shears. Right, yeah, lovely. Beautiful fish. They were fish that they had no no future in life. Yeah, they were fish that he had no room to stock in his out ponds. Yeah, where he got 
more fry than he wanted, more yeah. of those had grown on that he wanted, and he he very kindly gave us some. And we put those in in, I think it was March in 2022, and the size variation you can't believe. I've caught one this afternoon, or it's lunchtime, about seven inches long. Now, they went in, they weren't, they were C0s. Yeah. So most of them were two to three inches long. Yeah. I've caught one this afternoon about seven inches. Nice. But we've had them up to two and a half pound. Lovely. And it, well, you and get we bolts, though, didn't you? You get ones that... I've watched oh, them in yeah, the tank yeah. at RK Leisure. RK Leisure yep. quite accidentally have fallen on a very, very successful breeding system. You know, Ollie Davis, Vince there. The lads that, that, yep. that have been there and they've been heavily involved in this have done phenomenal work with these fish. And I watch them in the tank. You know, you're, you're, after the, when they're big enough to go in the tank, you'll end up with 300 fish in there that are all two inches long. A week later, yep. you'll have 10 of them that are... Four inches, a slight exaggeration, but and then three months later, you'll have one that's about 12 inches long, and half the others have gone missing. Well, where are they gone? <laughs> They've had them, They've had them, haven't they? Yeah, so it is, oh, you, yeah, these are freaks of nature, they're bolters, what we call them, but they're freaks yeah. of nature. Some of these are like people, you know, some people yeah. grow up to be really, really obese, and others are little skinny little twigs, aren't they? But it is, but it's, even these mad. Yeah, these, these, I've, I've had a couple of the two, and I might even be pushing three pound. I've had them on a pole, on what would have been carp elastic twenty five right. years ago, yeah. and they bottom it out. Right. They're powerful creatures. I mean, they're fed good. They're fed ain't... good food, aren't they? Exactly. And these, I mean, we don't give them a lot of feed. We give them the odd scoop of pellets every now and again. But there's a lot of natural yeah. food in there that they enjoy. And and these, you can fit. Yeah, it's a brain. And then, oh, no, it's not. And the elastic just wakes up, doesn't it? You know it's not a big fish. You can tell it's not a big fish, but it don't stop. It's an energetic fish. You know, and you've got to get them back and, But so these these fish are fit and healthy. Yes. And they look lovely. I mean, some of the old fish look lovely. Character fish, blah, blah, blah. But some of the modern fish that, that the carp farmers are producing today, and a lot of the fishery owners now yep. feed them on boilies. Yep. Pellets as well. But yep. I mean, I, I know Gary Bazer's got a few lakes, and, and he makes boilies just to feed his stock. I think Rob Howes does as him. well. Rob Howes does yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, not, so. uh, uh, exactly RH, yeah. Not, yeah. not, They've not been. to get them indoctrinated onto boilies, so anglers can catch them easier, but because it's good for the fish and they grow. Yeah. And you can put stuff in, you can put medical stuff yep. in. Yeah, well, Rob does. I know Rob well. does. But then exactly, on, on Rob's yeah. venues, he also insists now, and quite sensibly, that you use his bait on his venues. Yes. Why not? Why well, not? You know, I've so got I've got friends that run lakes where where we you you witnessed me with a match against Ian uh, um, Thorpe Lee. Gary's got a boily pellet yes. only rule. Look how them fish have come on. Yeah, Mad yeah. fish. What, what you and I? Are they now? Well, they, you know, they're up to big thirties in there now, Keith. You know, a lot of well, them were, were stunted drayton fish, weren't they? Stunted drayton fish, all the drayton, you know, five to seven pound. Yep. They picked out the prettier ones, didn't they? They didn't want any of those that weren't so good that no. had been caught too much when they were smaller. Yeah. They, I think they put two and a half thousand in yep. there, and we we fished a match soon after they went in. Yeah. And and they, as as fish that have been stopped always are they in several swims and not in several others yeah and they were maybe eight nine pound they, they'd probably grown a little bit but i'm trying to think how long ago that would have been 20 years ago no maybe not 20 years ago i can't remember thought i think we was i there. remember it i remember being there with you it was about um, 16 17 years ago that <laughs> i i was fishing against ian uh in the final and you was in you the year before that in the very first uh what was it called Ah, oh, what did the the gardener one? What's it called now? Come on, carp fest. It's called carp, carp fest. fest. And you were interviewing yeah. me on the far bank, and the, I had two rods yeah. there, and the, the kids were eating the rods. They were probably twelve to thirteen, fourteen pound fish then. That was a That's few right, years, yeah. a couple of years after they'd gone in. But I think now the stock has thinned out a lot with natural wastage. But there's certainly a good head of thirty pound fish in there now, mate. And he stopped all oh. the. No, I think a balanced diet for any fit, for any anything that lives is good. So sweet corn plays a part yes. of that. But when Gary said boilie pellet. That's it. And I know other mates yeah. of mine that have got fisheries that say, boily pellet, that's all you're using, and that is it. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah. the growth rates are just ridiculous, and they look like yeah. brand-new pennies still. Do they really? Because yeah. they were pretty fish. Yeah. Did, I'm trying, did they originally come from Naseby? Um, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I knew the guy that was bringing them across 
because uh, I nearly took over uh, Fulp Lee and I gave it to oh. Gary. I gave the lease to Gary because of personal reasons. Uh, and the guy, I can't remember his name now, he, he spoke like Arkwell off of um, that program that David J. Johnson used to be in. Um, he spoke like him and he, he turned up there with all these fish. The ones I saw were from Drayton. I don't know if yeah. they had shipments from elsewhere, but they were all from Drayton when I was. No, that's, that's where the Drayton fish came from. Oh, okay. I oh, the, Drayton, then I don't I know that far back. Came, I think they came from Naseby, from Ian McNeil. Yeah, I think that's where they came from. Well, so where you're fishing now, mate? Well, have, have you got a, a fish, or have you got a fishery that you're you're hooked into? I tend not to do the targety thing. I, I the the two or three times I've I've said I'm having that one. I'm not very good at that. You know, I like to go. I'm pr- I'm pretty good at catching carp keef numbers, uh, but mm. catching a one like Terry, like Nigel does, and that. Uh, I'm not very good at it. The couple of times I've said, right, I'm having that, it's taken me like three years or something to, to catch that one. And all the time I'm thinking, God, I could get more bites elsewhere. Uh, an example <laughs> of that would be the boat pool. I, I saw the big common on the bank, and it was like, I'm having him. And I would only do the winters because of the catfish. And it took me three winters. Yeah. Well, I didn't catch the great biggin in the end because it passed away during my let's call it campaign, but there was two in there. There was the square common and the big two-tone. And I weighed and photographed the two-tone common three times at 46 pounds. Unfortunately, I was also there when me and long-haired Terry took it out when it passed away. But the next year, the other one was in there. It was the 40-pound fish. And I was on, briefly, I was on Raysbury Fishing, where I love going now, Keith. Raphael Diona turned up and said, oh, Ian, we really want this bit of bank for our family this weekend. So I was like, where am I going to go? This was summer, and I don't want to fish the boat pool because of the cats. So I thought, well, do you know what I'll do a night before I go home in the morning? And the next morning, I caught the one I wanted. Sometimes it's thrown on your lap, and it was just <laughs> under 40 pounds. Yeah, sometimes your wow. name's on it, Keith. Um, so I don't yeah. campaign for particular fish. Most venues I go to now have got so many big ones, you can just open pray you get one you know but my my, all of my social stroke personal fishing now is is raised be one at the moment the north lake is just something else mate Uh, my work fishing as again i've known you a long time it covers all day ticket venues like where i'm going tomorrow uh and i do charity events uh you know magazine stuff open days but my fishing it's Raysbury North Lake. I love it. I just love it. Lots of big fish, very deep, uh, very weedy, very challenging at times. You know, I've had trips where I've had a dozen fish and I've had trips where I've not even seen a fish. So I, I love it, mate. I've had a few of the 40s. I had a 54 out there the other year. Um, it keeps me coming back. Because I, I, I only know Raysbury 1 and Raysbury 2. Raysbury and I one. think they've been fiddled about with. So North Lake's Raysbury one. Raysbury one is now split into two, north and south. Yep. Uh, they oh, are gotcha. syndicate lakes. They've been yep. uh, landscaped like you wouldn't believe, Keith. So much yeah. money has been spent on them lakes to secure the venues, make your vehicle secure. There's nice facilities there. Uh, the fish stockings and you know there's a little road all the way around it. Now the buggies go around with the bailiffs. We push our barrows around oh, them. Fair, yeah. uh, but it's so nice and clean and tidy. It's just yeah. it's heaven, mate. This heaven yeah. and the amount of fish, most half the stock in there, or, or probably more, is Viv's fish. You know, and the yeah, biggest one of them, so the biggest one of Viv's fish has made 46. Well, he said he was looking for hoping for a 50 maybe this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, the, you imagine yeah, looking one of them VS things that are about four foot long and it's 40 pound plus. <laughs> it just, it's put if you lock up on it, one or two things is going to happen. You're going to fall in or it's going to break your line. So, yeah, but that's where my yeah. personal fishing is. Unless I'm going to France or something with dynamite, yeah. I, I just like going to, to rate it nine mile from my house, mate. Yeah. Ticks all the boxes, yeah. doesn't it? Do you still do tutorials? Take people out with I do night or forty eight hours. Or something? I do, mate. That slowed down a lot because there's a. I mean, the market now is flooded. With people, and it's, yes. it's not getting controversial. It's a bugbear to me. There's some very well known anglers. I contributed. I went to Pershaw. That cost me just under twelve hundred pounds to do that course, Keith. And I'd done it yeah. with Mike Hutchinson. I'd done it with a, you know, Dave Gorfall. And there was a few of us, Mick Barnes, a few of us. You know, Ian Jemson went and done it, and incredibly, and I, you know, Jim Shelley went and done the course. So we contributed back into fishing. Um, but there's a lot of big name anglers out there now. Just jump on it, charge a bit of money, take them. It's almost go fishing with them, uh, and yeah. it's costing. It costs us that have done the thing. It costs us bookings, you know, but nothing can change, you know, having a moan about it. I'll have me two minutes. But, yeah, I, I do, but it has dropped off in the last year or two because it's flooded mm. with tutorial clients, like, you know, so. 
But I still do the it's old got one. Big thing, hasn't it? it is a it's big not business, baked. yeah. It's not baked. There's, there's, you know, you can't walk down the road without there being a baked stockist down the road. No, and, no. and it's it's the same. I guess with that, I mean, I see, you know, I see people in match fishing. Yep. That. Um, that do tutorials think, well, hang on a minute. Coaching, What yeah. does he know about fishing? Well, you know, I'm not going to – there's no names coming out of my mouth. No, no. There are not. people no, I see on, on Instagram or, or social media doing tutorials, and I think, mate, you've been fishing two years. Yeah. In my world of carp angling, and you're teaching yes. people on the bank how to do this, that, and the other, yeah. it's crazy what it's bred, mate. But it's the way it is. You know, look at yeah. the, the size of carp fishing these days, Keith. After, right. after COVID, it's just – for, it's just I wouldn't call it phenomenal. It's flooded. It's overcrowded yeah. at times, which is great. I'll get yeah. my wages, you know, dynamite and do and, and actively, you know, I've earned money from carp fishing for probably well, I'm sixty I look twenty eight, let's get it right. But I'm, I'm sixty two oh, yeah. now. We look like twins. Forty years, we are like yeah. except you've got more hair. A lovely side party. <laughs> About probably forty years now I've earned my living from carp fishing. Um it's yeah. never been busier which is lovely on one hand because it enables me to carry on at my age. And on the other hand, you can barely get a swim if you go anywhere. So these these yeah. these catch apps that have risen up, and the one I use, and I, I'm employed by them on a small basis, it, it's Go Catch. You oh, go yeah. on their website, you select your – they've got hundreds of venues, Keith. Go on their website or their app. Uh, you can select your venue, select uh, your dates. You can select your swim, and you can wow. book these months in advance. Now – just imagine if they had what three words they could tell you what side of the swim. There you fish. go, and how deep it is. But you know, this is modern. You've got to grasp the modern side of it. Yes. You and I fishing as youngsters had the freedom of empty banks, and you could walk around a carp lake, or I could find the fish and go hunting. Now you generally have to go where you can and hope the fish swim past you at some stage in that twenty-four hours. And at the state, at the start of our fishing. If we'd have decided to pick up a bag of sticks and a couple of balls, we could have walked onto virtually any golf course in the country. Yeah, now that's packed. And had a game way. of golf. And we just turn up in the morning. Oh, you got, yeah, we've got 11. To, okay, we'll do that. But now that's like like fishing. That's the same. And, and what's, the, what's the immediate future, mate? What you got to look – have you got any plans for anything you're likely to do soon? Um, I'm not talking about big plans. I'm talking about, you know, like have you got – Anywhere you you're obviously in love with Rosemary, and I don't blame you. It's local. It's great. It's you know, it's a really, if it weren't for the aeroplanes, it'd be heaven on earth, wouldn't it? Well, I get uh, I get a media card off of Raphael's become quite a good friend of mine. Not not because of the fishing. I met Raphael before he bought them, before he bought yeah. the complex, and and he's always said to me, Ian, as long as I've got the lakes, which will be forever, certainly my lifetime, Keith, you'll have a media card. You know, I earn my mm. ticket in other ways, do it, do it, doing coverage of venues, like, like, you know, and if Raphael needs a small DVD, for blah, 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 blah. So I can see Raysbury, North and South being my forever lakes, because I really yeah. love going there. Well, Gone are the days in my life where I'd say, Keith, you've caught everything twice. Why are you still here? I don't really care. If you're enjoying it, you're there. I've also rejoined yeah. uh, Martin's Yately Lakes. I've got a ticket oh, yeah. on the North Lake. Now, I fished that a few years ago with yeah, a big commenter in there. Then the demise of them, I dropped my ticket. But this year, I bought a ticket. Pure, I, I had no intention of fishing it, Keith, but I, purely to get back inside the gate. And I'm going to start having a look next year when I renew again. It was just yeah. a ticket come up. And you know what it's like we've said about busy? If I didn't take the ticket, it might be another five years before I get another offer, if I got another yeah. offer. So I bought that ticket. Yeah. So that's always in the wings. Um, for me, I can't ever see me packing up certainly from my side of it, earning a living out of fishing. I love fishing. I'm a very young 62-year-old. So, you know, I've been with I've been with DHP now 30 years. Blimey. That's a, you know, the, the, me and one yeah. other, he's been there about two years less than me, Dave Lane, but I've been there the longest contributor for DHP, like, you know. I joined, if yeah. you remember, it was called Catch More Carp. I do. Before know, it, yeah. went, it, was, it was Tim Hodges. It was Tim's baby. Yeah. Uh, and David all got it, bought it off him. Tim kept running it. And then yeah. Jim Foster joined. Tim left and Jim changed it to Total Carp. Yeah. So I've been there since Seven, it was Catch More Carp, mate. 79, I wrote my first article for a David Orr magazine. Wow, look. look I used to like going up. I mean, David's passed on now, but I used to like yes, going up there for my advertising meetings with him. And you went in his office, as you know, there was a massive desk, this little man yeah. sitting behind him with a cigar, and the biggest Chesterfield city facing him. It was almost <laughs> like being interviewed, you know, like a sports child or something. But, you know, these yeah. are all lovely memories, mate, going up there. These people that oh, are yeah. not with us anymore, unfortunately. But um, yeah. my, my future is carry on working as long as the companies I work for will employ me I'm, I'm, i've got this small range of baits coming out 
under my name through mainly pop-ups, wafters, blah, blah, blahs, yeah. with Dynamite. They're, they're, the release date on them is early October through the shops. And um, to just carry on, just enjoy my fishing. You know, I still get a buzz. Uh, the, the night before I'm going to France, I, there's no, don't even ask me to go to sleep. The van's loaded very, very early. Yeah, on, you know, yeah. it's locked, yeah. backed up against the house. You can't get in the blooming van. It's just crazy. I just love it. I cannot not go fishing. Yeah. It's beyond it's us. You know? I, it's sort of sad for some of these. <clears throat> I meet a lot of youngsters on the bank, as you'd imagine, Keith, and they haven't done. And why would they have done our, our apprenticeship, if you like, for, for other species? All they kind of care about is the next carp, throw it on the map, picture for Instagram, look how good I am. They haven't got it, yeah. mate. That's not all. Yeah. But I meet enough energy, you know, enthusiastic ones. But the vast majority, I think, you shouldn't even be here, lads. Like, you know, you're not enjoying it. Why do you do it, it's, like, you know? And they moan all the time. Outside. Yeah, and they moan all the time. I, yeah. I enjoy life. I, I I get a massive satisfaction out of making people laugh, usually at me. Um, as you'll know that, you've seen that <laughs> side of me, Keith. And um, <clears throat> But when I sit there listening to someone moaning on the lake, it's like, I've got to go. It's, like, <laughs> it's not, you know, everyone yeah. has troubles, and I, I, I get that. Yeah. And I've got friends that yeah. we lean on at times. But most, yeah. quite a lot of modern anglers are moaning all the time. It's like, mate, why are you here yeah. then? You know, go home. <laughs> go home and see your children for bloody once. But my, my future holds fun, happiness, fishing with friends uh, and enjoying it, mate. Well, we've had a good hour, mate. It's been lovely talking and to you. you we, we, and I say this to so many people because I see so many of my old friends, my old bothy mates from tight lines via um, strange boat, but it yeah. is so lovely to see. We they, we don't bump into each t- other at tackle shows like we used no. to, and I miss talking to people like you well, because you're, you. you're you're such lovely company. Thank you, mate. Very it's much, been Keith. a real pleasure, and um, thank you so much for for joining me. And um, we'll chat again soon. Tight lines and avoid avoid all unnatural superstitions. <laughs> Tight lines, my lovely friend. Thank you very much. My thanks to Ian Russell for joining me aboard the Strange Boat. You can tell just how much he loves his sport and the enjoyment he gets from every aspect of carp fishing shines through. If you look at his features in Total Carp magazine, you're sure to pick up some great tips. But I'll be back soon with another shipmate on the Strange Boat. So from me, Keith Arthur, it's cheers and tight lines. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.